my name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. This is a podcast where we talk about fanfiction. Typically, each episode, the three of us each bring a separate fic to discuss, but this one is a little bit different because it's my half birthday! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I, out of the goodness of my heart, since I already got a birthday episode, I let Reed choose all three of the fan works we're discussing today. Reed, what are we talking about? Thank you. It's so funny how every year your half birthday coincides with my actual birthday. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. I think it's just how how it is. Dates work. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Funny, actually, maybe is uh, our friend Molly sending me a birthday card and then also sending you a half birthday card to pacify you. And I think the note was like, because Nick is a child, here's this is for Nick. That's it was really mean, actually, but I appreciated the thought. Actually, no, it had a little gift card. So actually, thank you so much, Molly. (laughs) (laughs) um yes wow it's my birthday um as has gone for i think this is our third iteration my co-hosts get their birthdays back to back and then you wait a while and then oop, it's it's me i'm here (laughs) give it like six months after brenna and i go immediately after each other yep (laughs) um yes and what we had decided on is that the birthday host gets to pick well Three fix, I think, was the original idea. It's three fan works of some medium, um, equaling less than 100,000 words. Um, and my co-hosts set the precedent of having two more typical fix and then one less typical fic, which is also what I have done here. Um, so the fan works that we will be discussing today are The Long Way Down by Japery. Um, It is a men's hockey RPF specifically for the Colorado Avalanche fic. Um, The pairing is EJ Nate. It is canon verse, but also a U with magic and demons. I wanted to pick it because the Avs just won the Stanley Cup, and I was feeling very determined to talk about an Avs fic, but within certain parameters that made it very hard to find an Avs fic. But I will get into that in that discussion. Um... The second thing that I brought is Mize There by Astolat. Pew, 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 pew. I'm giving high porns because this is like the, probably the 70th time I've talked about this fic on the pod, but now pew, we're pew, talking pew. about it for Those real. Those are spoiler horns because Mize There is a big part of the plot. And you are right. <laughs> um, in case you've somehow missed every other iteration of me talking about this fic, um, it is for the fandom Witcher, specifically the video games. The pairing is Geralt Emir. Um... I think I put it on my, like, top fic of 2020, maybe wrap-up. I don't know. But we're here to talk about it. I'm very excited. Um, and lastly, to round out a sort of not-quite-fic, but still a fan work, um, I brought a closer to a fic than what my co-host had brought, a thread fic written on Twitter by at writing, um, where it is a second-person POV self-insert something um you are in an all-gender bathroom at a club and you are getting Wei Wuxian and Long Wanji together um and it is simply delightful I did recently go back and re-listen to a little bit of uh one of our previous birthday episodes just to sort of remind myself what we were doing in this intro and we had talked about um how Brenna and Nick had both had minor crises picking the fix that they wanted to bring (laughs) 
for their birthday episodes and said something along the of like, because I was like, oh, I've got so much time to figure it out. And Brenna was like, well, I'm sure you too will have a crisis when it comes up to your birthday episode. And sure enough, I did have a smaller crises, I think. But um, I had a lot of... I don't even remember. Did I have a... I'm sure I had a crisis. <laughs> You're saying this though. And I was like, no, I totally got my picks. What are you talking about? <laughs> the you have your birthday episode... Down. Um, yeah. talked about struggling a little bit just to Can't just to relate. decide what to bring. Uh huh. It's easy. I guess, yeah. Nyx was definitely. I think I went back and forth a bunch, but yeah. Also, I wasn't really sure about bringing a Riverdale fan vid, but <laughs> I think it was the right choice. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I guess like super in crisis mode, but I definitely like I had a lot of thoughts swirling in me brain, a lot of different directions I wasn't sure about taking. Um, and in part, like current events are current events in many ways that kind of shifted the tone of the types of things I wanted to talk about. And then, like I said, with the abs winning the cup, I was like, great, this also narrows down some stuff. Like I have a clear guideline, I guess, of what I'm doing. But yeah, those are, those are the three fan works that I decided on for me birthday. I wonder how we would sort them into our categorization system. Wow. I wonder, what do you think? <laughs> do you want to give the ficklets a, <laughs> Quick, quick refresher course on our categorization system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, gay in essence, not necessarily in sexuality. Whack, that one's self-explanatory. Vibes, self-explanatory. Style, not necessarily fashion. Umami, peak. And then punk rock, not necessarily musically, but in essence. They're really easy. Yeah. They are. They're easy and convenient. And you can categorize literally anything in the entire world into these categories, one or mm -hmm. more of them. Um, the Ficklets have been clamoring for us to add Bloodless. Mm. So I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm, we're back to your Bloodless agenda. It's the Ficklets. I'm speaking for the people here. Mm. I've been hearing it nonstop. They're adding us on Twitter. They're DMing us. They're emailing us. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I log into ficklickpod at gmail.com, it's just I'm overwhelmed by the flood of add bloodless to your categorization system. Yeah. Yeah. All of the subjects like bloodless, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, question mark. Which it's is a little threatening, to be honest. <laughs> I like it. Um, I think to kick this off. Um, I would say that the hockey fic is punk rock. I think making a deal with the devil and then subsequently being able to, spoilers, get yourself out of that deal via some clever pun, um, that feels punk rock to me. Whack. I, see, I was going to say Mize there is punk rock, and I don't like using two <laughs> for the same thing <laughs> when we have three. I know this is not an established rule. It just feels like <laughs> it's just one of those things. <laughs> I need balance. <laughs> well, I think it's whack in part because of the ending, which we will, I'm sure, discuss. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with whack. Also, yeah. there's a specific outfit that I think <laughs> mm. um, absolutely puts it in whack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I didn't realize was a real outfit um, until the very end. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I've redacted this from my memory, I guess. That's fair. Let me do a quick Google search <laughs> while you while you continue on. <laughs> um, very unsurprisingly, and I don't need the two of you to agree to this, but like my Umami, forever in my heart. You may or may not agree, and that's fine. But that is my 
categorization for it. If I'm only doing, if I'm not having overlap or even regardless, that is the first one that comes to mind for me, for mice there. Mm. I can see it. I think it, it for me, it, ha- it has hints of umami. Mm. I don't know if it's fully there, but it has, it has the, like a, <laughs> well, everything I'm coming up with is nonsense, like a scent on the breeze. <laughs> Of umami, a wolf of, of umami. umami. Yeah, thank you so much. I think I, I think I would say it's umami, but I have a problem where, like, when we talk about an astolat fic, I categorize <laughs> it as umami. <laughs> so I'm an, I'm a bias yeah. um, participant in this. Um, I mean, I stick. I'm gonna stick with punk rock though, because like, like. <sighs> Siri? Punk rock. Oh, <laughs> yes. thousand percent. Thousand percent. That's my girl. Yeah, absolutely. I would give, well, okay, style, one thousand percent for the thread fic. Yeah. Um, both, I think, because, you know, Wei Wu Shin and Long Wenji are described as being beautiful, but just, like, it is style. I, mm-hmm. there's nothing more to say about it. It's just style. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I'd give it gay. Ooh, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree with that. Like call, referring to someone as like good sangria, like as their name, <laughs> like that's that's got gay vibes. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm just oh, you know. But also vibes or just gay. Well, I was just saying gay, but like okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Do we want to put vibes on the table? No. Okay. I feel good with like <laughs> style and so. gay. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. All right. A vibeless episode for Reed's birthday. <laughs> uh oh. Bren, you saying that good sangria is like, oh, like that's gay energy. I would like to believe in my heart that somewhere out there is a non-binary or otherwise transgender person who has chosen their name to be good sangria. In the like vein of people like making those jokes like, oh, all of my non-binary friends have names like rock, etc. Just like nouns and kind of like whack words. I feel like somebody out there could choose sangria. Yeah, I was trying to think if, like, Good Sangria could be, like, a drag name in any way. Because it's, like, it's giving me that vibe, but, like, I don't know. uh, It's not really, like, a play on anything, but, Mm. like, I Mm. want it to be. (laughs) I'm thinking about, like, the punk scene. Like, maybe not Good Sangria, but, like, Sangria Joe could be, like, someone's (laughs) nickname, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sangria Joe could be someone's nickname, but I feel like it's giving me such different energy. Like... Yeah. Good sangria could give me like someone at a drag brunch. <laughs> like maybe it's just more about like with their costume or something. I don't know the costume. Mm-hmm. Their like outfit or something. Um, but like Sangria Joe gives me like your cool dad at a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who just like really likes sangria and like brings it to every neighborhood yeah, event. Yeah. Sangria Joe grills a mean burger. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> maybe they're like maybe they're alter egos of each other. What does that mean? Maybe it's the same person, and sometimes they're Sangria oh. Joe, and sometimes they're good Sangria. <laughs> and sometimes they're getting Wang Xian together. And sometimes they're getting Wang Xian together in a club bathroom. Yeah, okay. Honestly, like, that. I stand Sangria Joe in all yeah. of their iterations. I was going to ask, um, sort of in the vein of um, judging or like categorizing nicknames, um, somewhat recently, a friend and ficklet, Jesse. Um, mm. in response to me buying a skateboard, said that she was going to start calling me Sludge. Um, oh. so I, so I just like to know where. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because mm. Brenna was mid taking a sip of something, <laughs> and I'm watching her struggle. Not we to almost just killed like... her. <laughs> it's okay. I just didn't really didn't want to spit it out on my laptop. <sighs> 
Hmm. It it has like kind of grimy vibes. Yeah. So so what Jesse said was Sludge is the definitely the hot skater boy in '90s rom com who is like deep beneath the surface or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, you said grimy vibes, and I just, I know the campaign is about bloodless, but I feel like grime would be <gasps> such a good Ooh. one. <laughs> oh, here, like, I'm not saying we should actually add anything more, because we keep coming up with things that are like, not bloodless. that are, <laughs> yeah, they, they would be mad that it's not bloodless, and I feel like we've come up with other ones that are like, good, we can't actually add them. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, but grime, Bren, you've really done something with grime. <laughs> Anyway, just throwing it out there. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're talking like... Consider it. <laughs> like 90s skater boy who is like deep inside, is that not just the Ethan Hawke adaptation of Hamlet? I... Okay, the two things that get brought up like an, an inordinate amount respective to what this podcast is supposed to be. One, Inception. And that one at least makes a little yeah. bit of sense because it's like a good piece of media to refer many things back to. Two, yeah. the Ethan Hawke adaptation of Hamlet in which yes, I know this now, Laertes has a gun. I know Laertes has a gun because you he talk does. about it so much. Here's the thing. I feel like with Inception, we're not like actively looking for ways to continue to discuss Inception. Sure. We just find media and then are like, this is like Inception, exactly. where Nick is shoehorning no. in Ethan Hawke. I don't know Hamlet what you're talking about. At every opportunity. If, if yeah, something absolutely. reminds me of it, I'm going to say it. Well, yeah, but like you're also, I feel like, intentionally trying to find ways to connect the two. No. Yeah. No, no. There are things uh-huh. I'm trying to intentionally find ways to reference. They're, it's just very difficult, so you haven't heard about them much. Mm, Maybe okay. later this episode. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, you you will. Currently, I am only believing Ethan Hawke <laughs> Hamlet, because that's what <laughs> I'm seeing. I'm staying tuned for like a later part of this episode where Nick is like, yeah, and you know what this reminds me about? And then brings in the wackest piece of niche media I'm hyped. I love when we bring in whack pieces of niche media. This podcast <laughs> is good at that. For. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of monitoring someone's language closely to your own advantage, let's talk about the first fic Reed brought for us to discuss today. Yes. So, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, the first fic that we'll be talking about is The Long Way Down by Japery uh, for Men's Hockey, Colorado Avalanche, EJ Nate, um, where they are hockey players and it somewhat faithfully follows um, their what the <laughs> fans refer to as the bad season and then a little bit of the season after that, um, but sprinkle in some demons. Demons are real and around, and are creatures that you can make deals with, and much of the NHL does. In case you are unfamiliar with hockey, and specifically the Colorado Avalanche, very key to note, um, is it 2016, right, Bren, where they were 40 points behind everyone else in the league? 40, 40 points behind the next lowest person. I think that was 2016. I'm going to say it is. I did not Google. Do you think I have any conception at this point of time, <laughs> years, anything like this? You are mistaken. It was somewhere around that, but you could tell me like three different years and I'd believe you for all oh, of no, them. I'm pretty so, sure like, it was. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was because that was the year that Brenna and I uh, filmed a different podcast episode mm. that was not Fit Click <laughs> and we talked about low morale on the apps. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. Uh, rip to that forgotten podcast that you didn't 
intentionally scrub, but none of us have been able to find again. Like, where did you host that? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I also would. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, Forgotten yes. Forever. Let's call it the 2016-2017 season. Um. The Colorado Avalanche were last place in the league, 40 points behind the next last person. Very, very, very abysmally bad. And the next season managed to claw their way into the playoffs. They had a first round exit, but like, what a truly like what an astonishing rebound. Um, This is going to seem maybe not as relevant. It is. There's NHL has awards. They have trophies, including the heart, which goes to the most valuable player of the league that year. And the year that the Avs clawed their way into that playoff spot and Nathan McKinnon more or less single-handedly dragged his team behind him. Instead, the heart went to Taylor Hall. Garbage, 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 uh-huh. wretched garbage. That's what you fans would funny. say. <laughs> if you, like, Google Taylor Hall, the second, like, related question on Google, like, the little drop-down uh-huh. thing it usually has yeah. under, like, the two is, uh, does Taylor Hall still play hockey? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Brutal. Right. Anyway, I'll be circling back to that point a little later. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was... I was going to say contentious. Contentious within the circle of people that Brenna and I talked to who are all Avs fans. Maybe not for Nick, who was a Taylor Hall stan. Um, anyway, this all seems tangential. It's not. Um, the premise of this fic is, uh, you might be able to guess sort of from the intro and, and that little spiel. I'm spoiling a little bit the pun of it all. But um, in this fic, in order to drag the Avs out of being last place and just a miserable garbage team, Nate makes a deal with the devil. And he, the devil's like, what will you give? And he says, anything. He's like, my heart. So he makes a deal to, to give his heart to a devil. And maybe of note, wow, totally coincidentally, Taylor Hall used to play, still does. I actually don't know where he is for the no, New Jersey Devils. No, he was traded or, no, I think signed a one-year contract or something um, with the Boston Bruins last year. Yeah. What? I have learned this through my Googling it's of a thing with the narrative Taylor too, Hall recently. They drafted second in the draft his year, and it was going to be like, is it going to be Taylor Hall or Tyler Sagan that goes first? Mm. And then Taylor Hall went first to Edmonton, and Tyler Sagan went second to the Bruins. Ficklets, I was in a very different hockey speaker than the two <laughs> of my co-hosts. No, I was, a- I was aware of that part. You yeah, think yeah. I don't know the Tyler Sagan journey? I <laughs> know that you know. I also know. Um, but that is why that news Oops. pinged to me when it happened last year uh yes okay but at the time this was written taylor hall played for the devils okay just keep just keep all that in mind um so i guess i should say also with this fic i don't have any content warnings beyond like uh, demons but it's not really that bad it's it's fine mostly he shows up in like a sparkly sequin suit so it's okay it's not that scary um i felt very determined to bring an abs fic for my birthday episode, but as I kind of alluded to in the intro, I had a specific set of parameters that made it kind of difficult um, because the abs won the cup and I was feeling many, many, many emotions about it, especially for EJ and Nate and Gabe. Um, I did go to the abs cup parade and I got to see them all in a little float together and EJ and Nate were holding the cup and I was like, my boys! Um, so I really wanted fic that centered some combination of those people, which would only then be EJ Nate or EJ Gabe. Unfortunately, neither of those are what you could call the juggernaut of the fandom. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Reed. Um, Yes. Shockingly, 
uh, yeah, the the main ship of the Avs fandom, at least for the period of time that Brenna and I were deep in it, was uh, Gabe Tyson. Tyson is not on the Avs anymore. Sad. He is in this fic because he was. Neither Tyson is on the Avs. The fact that the Avs are a Tysonless team, yeah, wretched. We lost our Tyson Tuesdays, and it's sad. Anyway, um, as much as I in the past very much enjoyed Gabe Tyson, I like really wanted a fic that focused on like the boys I was having feelings about. I wanted it to be like Canyonverse. Like I wanted them to be hockey players. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It it just like the different parameters of things I was looking for kind of narrowed down like what what I was looking for. And then I was like, oh ho, oh ho ho, there is an EJ Nate fic. And I think specifically the fact that it is like kind of centered around the bad season feels particularly poignant to read coming right off of their cup win. Um, and that like sprinkled also with some of the hockey curse stuff that we'll get into. All of that was like, I was like, oh yes, like this has some some stuff that really feels like the hallmark of when I was deep in hockey fandom. Um, so that is how I arrived at this fic. Um, yes, would love to know my two co-hosts, your thoughts. <laughs> brush brushes dust off of my hockey <laughs> anything <laughs> oh it's been years um yeah i have never been an av or an abs fan i should say <laughs> i also have not been an av i don't think you would have expected me to be um i was a fan of a different central division team so there was already kind of like a natural rivalry i respect my friends who all went in that direction it felt like but that was never me so like this ensemble and stuff like i didn't fully um, always remember who was who. I was like, keep an eye and eye on stuff. Like, oh yes, right. I remember who this is, I think. Uh, it took me like over half the fic to realize who Dutchie was, but I got there eventually. <laughs> you know, we all have yeah, our Yeah, this moments. also does like, it has a few people very centrally who are either still on the abs or like were very prominent in the abs fandom consciousness, like Tyson Berry. And then some other people who like either departed soon after this fic was written or like, I don't even know when this fic was written. It perhaps departed before this fic was yeah. written, but after it was set um, in time. And like, yeah, I would not have expected you to like necessarily remember. <laughs> right. So even I was a couple times like, whom's? <laughs> <laughs> so ficlets, if you never hockeyed and or never avsed, you might struggle. If you've never hockeyed, I think you actually legitimately would struggle to understand what's going on in this fic. Uh, so that's just my like gentle uh, warning to you. If you choose to just go in, go ham. Uh, bring a buddy. There's plenty of hockey fans in the FitClick server. You can connect with one of them and they can hold your <laughs> hand through it. It's it's dangerous to go alone. Take this and I hold up the FitClick server. Oh. Um, so that's my recommend. It's very cute. That's my recommendation. Um, yeah, this fic did make me laugh several times. Uh, I thought the ending was my favorite part. I really liked um, the way that things resolved. I thought it was very funny and very charming in that way. Um, and I always am interested in like taking a canon and making it more evil, which is very much what this fic did. So I'm excited to discuss more about that later on. Yeah, I think I did read this fic when it was first posted many moons ago, but I admittedly did not remember it in like vivid detail. <laughs> so it was fun to come back to. And like, I think it was also a very good one in a lot of ways to revisit with their cup win fresh in our minds because so much of this is about like the quote bad season and also just like it all revolves around Nate making a deal not to win a cup but just to be better <laughs> which is like inherently so tragic um and then you know as fans to be sitting here reading this like after they actually do win a cup like 
on the merit of like these kind of central characters i think is a very like rewarding thing and like just a fun i don't know it's fun when like reality and fiction kind of overlap in these ways or like combine in these ways um that weren't necessarily like predicted or known when a piece of media was like written so i thought that was just like a cool reader experience um yeah i'm much more familiar with the avs than um nick and like like read where you, when did you get it what would you have been watching this season or did no, you get in the season Reed, after? i got in accused of being a fake fan no no, well, no i was just trying to remember <laughs> no, like you, the you timeline. got me into hockey the season after the bad season okay yeah so i did not have so, to go through this suffering in real time I, I was there in real time uh-huh it was rough but also in a lot of ways cemented my as abs fanhood i think if they hadn't been as bad i wouldn't have been such a fan i know that sounds really contradictory but there was something just very like bonding about rooting for people who like you knew that they weren't even gonna win you were just hoping that someone might score a goal um <laughs> you know and that really brings people together i think so at least in fandom um i'm thinking about how you told me like because originally you were in pens fandom and there was some overlap there but like yeah. your parents watching the pens like when they're back-to-back <laughs> cups and then watching an abs game with you and being like are you sure this team this one brenna yeah and then this year being home and watching like a playoffs game and like they're killing it it was really rewarding anyway you love to come full circle yeah um but yeah I had a good time with this like it was it was definitely a fun moment to revisit this fic and I don't think I would have like without the prompting of Reed picking it for this episode um I definitely have feelings about like mm, fate and hard work and what you can like make happen yourself versus like I don't know, like what you can't, I suppose. Um, and also kind of potential and the concept of like living up to that in the NHL that I definitely want to talk about because I think that's really poignant with this fic and some of the characters in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can I say something really quick? Yeah, please. Absolutely. When Brenna was describing her experience of uh, making it through that season as a fan, what came to mind immediately for me was a, a previous spoiler without context, which is this one. <laughs> this one, if you want to describe what I just shared on the screen. Yeah, um, Nick just <laughs> Nick just shared screen um for a spoiler that went up on November eighteenth, twenty twenty one. For a TV show that was around uh, like a decade or two ago called "I Shouldn't Be Alive." Um, and this one has been altered to have Steve Rogers on ice, just sort of artfully faded into the cover. Yeah. Just the way you described it, of like, oh man, like I made it through somehow. <laughs> yeah. Queen. Um, in, in case you somehow didn't get all of the very heavy-handed me pointing you to the end of this fic, Nate does make a deal fully thinking his heart, H-E-A-R-T, like his heart that he loves and blah, blah, blah is going to be given to this devil. Um, it makes his relationship with EJ a little complicated, especially because he tells absolutely no one that he's taken this deal. And sort of via the world building of this fic, the only people who can see if you've done a deal with a demon are people who have done deals themselves. Um, and sort of at the end, as it gets closer and closer to the awards and there's all this chatter about who's going to win the heart, H-A-R-T, between Taylor Hall and Nathan McKinnon, Nate is feeling just, like, wretched, like, 
not just emotionally, but like physically, like he's really not doing well. Like the devil has come to collect. Also, the NHL awards that year were like in Vegas. Everything just ties together narratively very well. Um, and Nate basically tries to get himself out of the deal by saying like, like, cause he loses, right? And so Taylor Hall, the devil wins the heart. And so he says to his little demon that he makes a deal with, like, I lost my heart his to a devil. Demon. His little demon. Um, but the fun, one of the fun things for me, I remember the first time reading this fic is uh, Brenna and I were, were in the sort of hockey server that created this prompt fest um, that this fic came out of. Um, and it was very much not in any way like an anonymous fest or whatever. And so I remember people sort of like chat ficking or being like, oh my God, like what about this pun as like a concept for this fic? I think it's a bit of a different experience, like going into a fic where, oh my God, twist ending, everything gets resolved with this like, ooh, like super clever, like turn of phrase. Um, going in sort of knowing that that was going to be the shape of it made it really enjoyable. Um, and I think was like fun to return to this time around too. Like it, I don't know, I think it fits in with uh, a lot of, I think all of my picks this round feel indulgent to me. Um, indulgent That's in... what the birthday app is supposed to be. Yeah. Indulgent. Exactly. So, like, indulgent in in returning to Av's fic after, like, not reading hockey fic for quite a while um, and just remembering the sort of, like, reading this fic after watching it sort of come together in bits and pieces in this server. Um, there was some, some mimicking of feelings there. I was surprised by the twist. <laughs> <laughs> Once it started happening, I was like, ah, ha, 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 I see where this is going. Um, yeah, it was interesting. And, like, I... There are a lot of curse and also like demon deal fix in hockey fandom it very much is a thing um i don't know if this is the case for other sports rpf um so i would be curious if ficlets have been in fandoms where this is also a thing or if it like isn't as much i know my two co-hosts are into like cars these days um, <laughs> so if there's Yellow cars uh, yeah if there's demon deals happening there let me know um okay so brenda's shaking her head Good to know. I have yet to see a demon deal. Ooh, maybe you could write one. I don't even don't think Trailblazer. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like there's too many, like... I feel like there's too many f folks who have also either gone the hockey to F1 uh -huh. or hockey to K-pop to F1 uh -huh. route. And, like, I doing. feel like there's a few things that if you put them in fic, it's, like, signifying to everyone else that you oh. were in hockey fandom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's I fair. mean, more so than them just clicking on your AO3 <laughs> seeing and seeing your what else fic. you've written, but like, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, hey. Trying to be anonymous over here. What if you did like Angel Deal or something to like mix it up? Mmm. Like in... Like in what, bestie? <laughs> no, it's fine. No, say, say, it, say it for no. us if not for the pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say like in Riverdale, but I guess she doesn't <laughs> really make, she doesn't actually make a deal with him. He's just like I her guardian angel. Supernatural. <laughs> no. Oh my god. Wow. Wow, very good. Riverdale is the show. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No show has ever been Riverdale. <laughs> yes, no show will right. ever I be gotta, Riverdale. We gotta get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. This is her next episode. Yeah, please. Um, I just really like how prevalent that is in the fandom because I always enjoy when a fandom has a subtrope. We've talked about this before, but like, this is such a subtrope. We talked about um, Garot. <laughs> <laughs> in a previous episode which is a hockey rpf kind of curse situation um yeah i'm just always interested in this idea of like do anything you have to do to get to the top sacrifice yourself at all costs like it seems like it is this really interesting 
and very adept metaphor for the sacrifice that athletes put their bodies through in order to be able to accomplish as much as possible, put their psyches through. You sacrifice your childhood in a lot of ways. You sacrifice your young adulthood. You sacrifice your future. Uh, if you're like not going to college or you're like not building skills or you're, you know, injuring yourself wildly, um, I think we find ways to separate out that piece and make it literal. And in making it literal, we can look at it from different angles. So I always just appreciate that in general. I think it's interesting and it's cool to see different takes on it within a fandom. Absolutely. I also think like it's funny, the through lines that people have adopted into their like fanon about this, like that flower, like a <laughs> Marc Andre Fleury is almost always the person who can break or deal yeah. with the curse in some way, whatever that fic decides to like refer to those people as. Um, the guy that he, has oh, vibes. He... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Flower absolutely has We found vibes. the vibes in this episode. Ellen, I feel like people sometimes expand it to like goalies in general or like some, a, a community of some goalies. Sometimes it's like just flower. Sometimes it's like a medley of people, but like I feel like it's almost always flower. I feel like also um, like French, like the Canadians, I feel like there's always yeah. more potent shit happening with the Canadians and like the French Canadians in particular get that magical bent in some way. Well, I feel like the French Canadians, that was definitely a thing in like a lot of the pens fic. And I mm. wonder if that like, that but like most strongly on flower because he was so well liked even outside of Penn's fandom like carried out into like other subsections of like hockey fandom yeah um anyway talking about like the curse thing though okay something i want to talk about with the with the demon that nate deals with that i thought was really funny i mean it's effective but i also found it funny um is that like the demon takes like a human form um and when he first shows up um, he's in the form of, like, Joe Druin, um, like, Nate's childhood bestie, and, like, in this fic, they, like, had a th kind of a thing. Um, and then partway through the fic, it changes its form to EJ, um, and then at the end, it changes its form to Taylor Hall. And, like, I understand that this is probably for, like, it's supposed to take the form of, like, his heart, right? Or, like, uh -huh. this thing that he has, like, an investment in. So it's supposed to, like, I feel like it's supposed to foreshadow the fact that, like, Taylor Hall is somehow gonna be involved in, like, whatever the end of this is but like the fact that the first two are these like kind of loves <laughs> of nate's and then it's taylor hall i felt like foreshadowed like something happening between them oh, that like no. never did <laughs> i'm gonna write like a follow-up spin-off where like taylor hall and nate hook up in vegas after the award oh my Respectfully God. i don't actually want don't that but like the only aspect i would be qualified to write <laughs> no 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 i'm not actually gonna i would never but like I just, I, I don't know, something about that made me laugh because I totally got what the narrative was like, or like, I think I got what the narrative was kind of trying to put down, but it also like was just funny to me. Um. <laughs> to briefly kind of to go off that, what I was talking about in the intro with the outfit, every time the demon shows up, it is in this like red sequined suit um, and like regardless of what form it takes. And then at the very end, Nate sees real Taylor Hall in a sequin suit, thinks it's the demon, and is like, oh, wait, no, it's real Taylor Hall. So I was like, hold on a second. So I literally Googled, like, like NHL, like, awards, like, Taylor Hall suit, yeah. whatever. And he does wear, like, a red sequined mm -hmm. suit. So I was like, I, I didn't... do remember this. I didn't. <laughs> Fashion, baby. Style. I re Once I looked up a picture, it came back to me. But I think I was imagining a different, like... The suit I pictured while reading the fic was not really the exact same as, like, Taylor Hall's. Yeah. Which is, like, more understated. I yes. was imagining just, like, a full Vegas bedazzled. Yes, yes. Just <laughs> shining in the spotlights. Yeah. 
One thing about like the the nature of curse fic in this fic as related to other hockey fic. Obviously, like my understanding of like the fan trope of curse fic is also limited to the fics I was reading, which were largely pens, but not only. Like I read curse fic for like Connor McDavid, boy, lots of curse fic to be written about that boy, understandably. <laughs> lots of curse fic written about that boy. Yes. Um and something I thought I thought was kind of interesting is like I feel like in a lot of the curse fic that I was reading, magic was less like what is the word I'm looking for? Like in this fic, like Nate talks to a de- like he physically talks yes. to like the embodiment of a person, like a demon, right? Like uh-huh. magic is so much more like it has like rules. I I don't know what I'm trying to say so much as like I feel like in other curse fics it's more like the vibes, and I was feeling a little it's bit more of that like in tangible this tangible in this fic. Yes, thank you. Tangible is the word I was looking for. Um, like in this fic, I think the thing that felt most like an echo of other curse fic I had read was when they go to Montreal and like the entire stadium feels wretched. Like there is just like <laughs> the the weight of like years and years of curses and and the touch of demons like everywhere. I think if I'm remembering right, with just like sort of one protected ish circle around like Carrie Price's goalie net, which like <laughs> oh, yeah. tracks. Um, but I think that's sort of like implicit, insidious, horrible, like unknowable thing that is just sort of like tying people together and weighing them down. That's normally what I think of with hockey curse fic. And so I thought it was interesting that this one was much more de- like, uh, much more like a um, beyond the hockey fan in trope. It's like making a deal with the devil is something you can see in like a lot of different fandoms in a lot of different ways. Something I want to talk about <laughs> is what I mentioned in the beginning section of this discussion but just the concept of like potential and like what you have to live up to in the nhl i think nick got to this a little bit too about like how in rpf we can like make something tangible that's just kind of this abstract concept in reality um but i feel like one thing that this fic has a very strong through line of is like living up to your potential you know and that's like a big reason why nate makes this deal you know like, he's this first overall pick who's supposed to be really good and, like, fix the avalanche. And, like, he's not <laughs> been doing that. And they have been getting worse and worse. And, like, it's miserable. Um, And, like, you know, I think this is also said with the perspective of, like, having watched the last couple seasons of, like, avalanche hockey play out and, like, last season Nate being like I've never won anything like this is bullshit basically he's like yeah seven years of career and I haven't won shit he's like there's always next year and I'm getting tired of saying that yeah exactly guess what and bestie like, next year you win the cup like this is written multiple years before he ever said that but like you know I read it with that sort of in my brain as well and I just thought it was really interesting how like I don't know that Nate like fully thinks of himself as like oh like my career is just like washed up all these things he's still really young in this fic too you know he's only been playing in the nhl for like a few years um but there's these other characters in the fic that i think bring this through line out even more which is also like ej (laughs) um and like what nate says to him partway through the fic as he's trying to like create distance between them because he's worried about like what will end up happening um but he's basically like, oh, I wish I had the line like bookmarked. I don't know. I don't need a draft bust on the worst team in the league dragging me down. Yes, exactly. Um, worst team in the league is particularly funny too, because it's like you're also on that team. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, and then also like, I don't know. I don't think this is like inte- intentional from like JP's perspective, like writing this fic, but like the mention of like nail Yakupov and like, Oh my Let God. Me in. Put talk. me in coach. Put me in coach. <laughs> yes. Nick, would you okay, like your, Nick. <laughs> your 15 minute platform to talk about Nail Yakupov? Okay, oh, but lo- before you talk about Nail, really quick, let me just finish up this yeah, yeah, thought, please. which is also just like, all of that really, I think, ties together for this kind of like Nate trying to scrape together something out of his career. And it doesn't have to be a cup when it just has to be better. And then for at the end, I don't know, there's something to me about Taylor Hall winning the heart the deal with the devil and the fact that Taylor Hall is like a nobody now. Um, Like no offense to Taylor, but like he's not really like talked about, you know, like he's not, it's not that he's had a terrible career, but like, where has it really gone for him? Um, And like, he's the one who like ended up with the heart that like Nate wanted so much, but like Nate's the one with the cup now. I don't know. I just thought that was like interesting to look at from this point in time anyway nick yeah if you'd like to talk about nail there's always time <laughs> yeah so if we're talking about whole oh, like bird i I might just be speaking with a bird okay <laughs> that's because fine there's a bird and it has additional feelings about nail yakupov i apologize <laughs> um okay so my teams when i was in hockey were the stars and the oilers so if you want to talk about like Teams that suck, teams that didn't make the playoffs for like a solid decade, um, teams where they got first draft pick after first draft pick after first draft pick. They had so many first overalls at one point, it was almost like parody and they were still terrible. Like that is my context for the idea of like a draft bust. It is why I always felt some camaraderie with Eric Johnson specifically. Um, because that's where I had like a lot of feelings. And Nail Yakupov is like the the I don't know how to say this without being mean because I love him and I am being mean to uh, the Oilers not him <laughs> but like the example of like here are our dreams riding on another guy and oh it's nothing and now we're going to turn on him completely like it was so cruel um I was surprised to see him pop up here I'd forgotten that he was like relevant at all in this like um like an avalanche history yeah um briefly he was there (laughs) and then i was like oh nail i hope you can like do something good on this team and that they'll keep you oh khl yeah yeah um it's a whole thing it's we all have feelings about it it's one of those things where like he probably shouldn't have gone first but he did and then because he couldn't live up to the expectations of being a first overall pick when he probably just shouldn't have gone first it was a nightmare and torpedoed his career in a lot of ways also like the fact that you were picking like at at the age of 18, you are being picked for basically, like, your your career destiny. And if you at 18, based on the play of whatever team you've been playing on for probably the last couple years at, like, a junior league level, if you can't magically create that same dynamic, if you can't live up to some unknown potential that someone saw in you, like then you're just done. And it's just, it's wild. Like at 18, at 18. It's ugly. And so the question that this fic left me with more than anything, knowing all of that, knowing all of the pressures, knowing all of the people who did not live up to what they were supposed to be because the expectations were unfair in the first place. Why are more people not making these deals? Like that was what ended up surprising me the most, frankly. I was like, what do you mean not every single like first round 
draft player has a demon deal like if it will give you an advantage and the whole point you sacrifice everything in your life up to this point anyway is to just like win and succeed and have a good career like why are they not lining up at the door obviously it's wretched and there are consequences and you get a little bit of that from like tyson's backstory that he reveals at one point but also like it surprised me that it was that there was like stigma around it because of how cutthroat the entire league system industry is towards these like young dudes it's a lot oh i want to talk about something that's like a little bit about this fic but just my abs feelings i think in general um i think maybe the first fic i read either the night that the abs won or like the day after was an au in which ej was never a hockey player um and like he he like he helps run like a no, he helps run like a oh. horse ranch, which you know oh, okay. is yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. and like Gabe visits him every summer. He um, makes little horse treats for the horses. Oh, oh he could. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he did. Um, okay, <laughs> but Gabe goes to visit him, and I can't remember the exact year in which this fic is set, but basically, like the abs, like kind of like wash out again, and I think the implication was like the season after the bad season, they wash out and they don't make it to the playoffs. And it was written by um, author of the pod Talahui, who in the end notes kind of said like. It like in my mind, even though like EJ was like this draft bust or whatever, and people never thought he was as good. Like if EJ wasn't on the Avs, they never would have been able to claw their way back up. And I just part of the reason that I wanted to find a fic that was focused on like EJ Nate Gabe some combination was like yeah Eric Johnson first overall who is is eighteen and young and like has like one stupid accident with a golf cart and is immediately. Just, like, rendered, like, well, that was a fucking waste of all of our time and our pick and our blah 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 who, like, went to this failing team that still was, like, a middling team for a while, who almost retired last year, who said he thought about retiring last year, and he stuck on for one more year, and now he's cup. Anyway, sorry. I had a lot of feelings about Eric Johnson in this yeah. these past couple of weeks. Hang in there. Thank you. Going off what both of you said in your last comments, I like the choice to have not had EJ make a deal and that like kind of referenced the fact that like he thought about it and like might have even kind of gone like he like really considered doing it like he but like ended up not. And I think that that was like important to the story in a lot of ways because like at first glance you think EJ's the person who would and Nate's the person who wouldn't, you know, and I think it was important for the spec to like reverse that and like make it so that EJ's the one who's kind of more like accepted that he's gonna work hard and he's gonna try his very best and he's gonna be like the heart of this team in a lot of ways um but that he's not gonna like make a deal and like Nate's like well I am (laughs) I don't know I just thought that that was like a good choice um on the part of the author yeah I just I really had a good time with this fic and how it brought me back to sort of, I think, the peak of my avalanche feelings, um, being swept up in the wave of their win and then being able to revisit a fic that sort of showed the path that it took for them to get there, all of the struggles and all of all of the difficulties, um, while also being a fic that, like, clearly, like, obviously, like, JP, like, loved and cared about this team very much and, like, seeing the, like, wow, I want these boys to be able to be better than they are, um... Also, yeah, I mean, obviously we have a lot of feelings about, like, sort of hockey curse fic and potential of boys and whatnot. And I really just think this fic, like, brought to light, um, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the things that I really loved most about hockey fandom. So, 
I had a good time with it. Taylor won the heart, but Amir will win the war. Read. <laughs> <laughs> So the next fic that uh, we have to talk about is Mize There by Astolat. Um, again, for the Witcher video game, the relationship is Geralt-Emir. Um, if you are a fan of The Witcher, maybe especially through the Netflix show, you might be like, Geralt-Emir, what's up with that? And the answer is that this fic quite literally set the precedent. It's the first in the tag. Astolat was like, what about this? And then a handful of people, myself and Bretta included, were like, yeah! <laughs> um, and unfortunately ruined pretty much any other ship for me within this franchise. Mm -hmm. um, I'm experiencing this fandom very interestingly. You yep. sure are. <laughs> I'm just assuming this is the ship. It, and it isn't <laughs> remotely. <laughs> no, there's like a huge one that we, we will never talk about on this pod because I read Astolat fic a few years ago. <laughs> Oh, yeah, truly, like, reading Mize there and then purchasing the game, playing a bunch of Witcher, reading a bunch more of Asselot's Witcher fix, and then watching the Netflix show did not prep me well to become a uh, Geralt Yaskier shipper. I'm so sorry to our friends and ficlets out there who might be. I would even be, like, I would be slightly more, like, even Geralt Dandelion, but, like, Dandelion of the game is so far superior to Yaskier of the show. Sorry, that's a different, this is a different topic. <laughs> hey, What's it's up, your friend? birthday. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, like, it's one of those things that objectively, I get it. Like, I get why it's so popular. Like, uh, that is, like, girl Yaskier from the show. Like, yeah. I get why it's so popular. But I had read Mize there already. <laughs> it's too late. Oh, no. <laughs> it was always too late. The power of fan fiction. Truly. Yeah. Um, before we really get into any discussion of this fic or what it's about, I do want to give the content warnings um, at the top because they very much inform the shape of this fic. Um, the big one with this is uh, sex pollen and then with it, consent issues, dub con. Um, Amir gets doused with a magical spell potion called Mize There that makes him and girl have to be very close, biblically, some might say. <laughs> um... That is what frames, like, the entire bit of them being together. Um, they do both come to enjoy each other and, like, the company and the time that they're spending, but, like, definitely, like, again, like, the consent issues of it being sex pollen and then some stuff that you find out at the end frame sort of the whole structure of this fic and their relationship. And along with it, uh, just canon-typical violence... This fic digs a lot into the political situation they're in, the war that Emir is waging on the North, um, Geralt being a witcher, all sorts of things that just, yeah, tie into nothing that I would say is incredibly graphic, but does go along with the canon. So yeah, my first actually experience with this fic was Nick, Brenna, and I going on our first annual fic click retreat where Nick and I were sitting next to each other and Brenna was in the aisle across from us and Brenna had her face so close to her phone and was making little faces at it the whole time and was like, and came off the plane and was like, oh my God, this fic. And I then didn't, it wasn't mice there. Was it a different, but it was an Aslot Witcher fic. Yeah. Was, yes. However many but years it's... in Toussaint. Yeah. Ha ha. Uh, a year in Toussaint. Just I'm, one. Well, okay, just one. <laughs> well, I'm still the number one Brenna stan on this podcast. So. Okay, regardless, you were so reading good. an Aslot Witcher fic. I had not yeah. yet dug into anything Witcher related. Then the show came out and I was like, oh, I kind of want to play this video game, etc. And then as I have said, this is the first fic I read and it rewired my brain to make this like 
truly the central of, well, certainly the central ship. I have lots of feelings about the Witcher video game that don't have anything to do with Geralt and Mir, but I think the thing that I love so much about um, their Witcher fix are the way in which Astolat digs into the incredibly complex political machinations of the world. Um, and upon, like, doing some more research on the game a little bit before I reread this fic, I realized, like, exactly how much um, Astolat plays off of, like, choices that you make in the video game and, like, shapes the way that things can go. Because there's a lot of different endings and a lot of different, yeah, routes for the game to take. And um, she pretty much always picks the one where... You have Siri become like the um, crown princess to become uh, Empress of Nilfgaard, where you do help Emir and where Emir wins the war. And I just think this fic in particular does so much of that work in a way that I found like so incredibly like astounding and engaging and like just like I mind blowing like I could not in any way <laughs> build a political world or court. Or anything the way that these fics do. Don't and this sell fic yourself in short, Reed. Uh, we just spent a while reading like a very dense book about like political machinations. And I was like, this is amazing. God, my brain could not do this. <laughs> um, and it could not do this for Mize there either. Um, I also just the way that this ship is written makes me feel, folks, I'll find a better word for gourdless. I'll find some metaphor, some extended something, something about how my gourd was demolished. But every time I read a fic, I'm like, how do you do this? Um, which is to say I have just so many feelings about this fic. I'm very excited to be talking about it with my co-hosts and friends. Um, Bren, I know obviously this is not your first time reading it. Nick, it was. Nick was texting me, hey, this is what I think I remember from what you've told me about this fic four times. Some things were right, some things weren't. So mm -hmm. would love to hear about your respective reading experiences. Yeah, I think this is maybe my fourth time reading this fic. Um, admittedly, I hadn't read it in a couple years now. So, well, actually, maybe like properly a couple, like two. Um, so I think I reread like all the Aslat fics at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, as as one does when they have copious amounts of time on their hands. All the um, Aslat Witcher fics, I would imagine, because all the Aslat fics is, oh, I think, no. a lot of works. is 507 works. Brenna, queen of reading. <laughs> no, I reread all the Aslat Witcher fics. I started at the fix. beginning of the pandemic and I'm still going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be. Um, no, all the Aslat Witcher fics I reread at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, but... Yeah, so I think this is, like, the first time I've read it since then, but, like, maybe my fourth time overall or something. It's a very good fic. I think there's so many things about it that, like, cater to just, like, narratives that I enjoy and, like, how I enjoy watching stories be played out. And, like, also, I usually don't read fic for fandoms that I am completely unfamiliar with. So for me to, like, pick up Aslot's Witcher fix in the first place and then love this one so much that I read all the rest of them... It's, it was really like I was just reading fiction in a lot of ways, like original fiction, because I did not know anything about this world, but it is so rich in these fics. And like, I think not knowing anything about it or like knowing very little, um, honestly, it's like set me up to love them even more because something I really like in storytelling is when we're just kind of along for the ride with a character and like learning things about a world through them and their actions and like obviously Geralt knows a ton about his his world like we're not learning a whole lot about the general shape of the world but we're learning a ton about like Amir and the 
empire and like how he runs it and there's a million revelations about kind of all of that and like the plots that he's laid out and to see that through Geralt's eyes of as someone who's like quite smart but not really thinking on like the many many levels and time spans that like Amir is thinking on was just really satisfying to read and it's just totally hooked me and my other problem is that like I don't like playing video games so like I'm not going to get more ass- like more Witcher content through playing them. I don't want to like read the original books cuz they're like not going to be what I'm looking for. The TV show is fun, but it just feels like a totally different world to me in a lot of ways um than like these fix. So like I just keep coming back to the fix cuz it's like they're a book series. I'm like waiting for the next one in, but like there's probably not going to be a next one. <laughs> um but anyway, this is all to say that like I really enjoyed coming back to it. I had I realized partway through reading it, like, while well, I remembered some things about this fic in particular, I'd also mushed it up a little bit with some of her others. So <laughs> it was nice to, like, reread it and, like, separate it out as, like, a more singular entity again. Um, but yeah, I mean, so much of what I love about it is just, like, how complete it feels as a story, like, how real the world feels, how detailed it feels, and, like, how the politics play out, I think, is so compelling. Yeah. This reading experience um, did make me feel some guilt about my listening skills when it comes <laughs> to my friends. How many times has the plot, and including the ending of this fic, been explained to me aloud? <laughs> many times. And as I was reading, I was like, uh-oh, I remember that there was a twist and that both of my co-hosts were like, it made me lose my mind. Um, and I didn't remember what the twist was until I was probably like 70% into the fic. And then I remembered. So I didn't I remember like before I better in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but here's experience. the issue is I kept remembering wrong twists. <laughs> that did not improve my reading experience. Yeah. It's fine. Um, yes, ficlets, once again, I am your guide into the fandoms that we don't know. Uh, or at least do not know as well as my co-hosts. So if you have been self-inserting as me, you're welcome to continue to do so. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll talk more about that in a few here. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this fic a lot. I thought it was very well written. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I am a gamer, but I have not played The Witcher, nor have I seen the show because I don't watch television. So um, everything that I know about The Witcher really is, uh, from my co-hosts or from the, what, two previous Witcher fix that we've read before this one? I think two. Great. Well, excellent. I know some things because of those. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say about kind of like politics in this fic, and I'm also just interested in like the treatment of different characters. I think like because this scanned to me like original fiction kind of like Bren was saying I also then became slightly more critical of it than I would be in other like of other fic that I read um which sometimes is that like slope right going up of like quality of writing to how much my like writer brain is turned on and like thinking of thinking of stuff as I'm reading so yeah it was interesting I feel like I've joined a club finally of people who have read Mize there though so that's exciting <laughs> because boy it's been years <laughs> years and years of hearing this fic referenced and mentioned by my friends and uh zoning out a little <laughs> so i'm glad to be here thanks welcome for to the club yeah thank you so much oh yes i think one of the things that truly just makes me feel unwell about this fic is um as i said like this quite literally set the precedent for this ship um we've talked i think a little bit on the pod about sort of like 
when a fic is so central to a fandom or a ship, like how other fic is just fic of that. Um, and truly, I think almost anything in the girl Amir tag is fic of mice there because like, you don't get a whole lot of Garel Amir in the game. Like, they are centrally important to each other. Um, most specifically, uh, Geralt is actually very important to Amir in some ways I didn't realize. Like, in this fic, a huge thing, basically, is that um, Amir is able to get a lot of things done and to negotiate a lot of things because Geralt is by his side. Um, and because Geralt sort of opens these doors that would not have been accessible to Amir otherwise. Um, and in sort of like looking back over the potential pathways that you can take in the game, I realized that that actually is much more true to the game than I realized. Like, depending on things that you, like choices you make, uh, Amir loses the war. Amir dies. Siri does not choose to become like crown princess. Like, there's a lot of different things, but it's like... Emir's sort of path to vic victory is very much canonically laid by Geralt, whether intentionally or not. Um, and I really like the way that that's mirrored in this fic. Also, just the... Ugh! The way that they, like, the... Mm, the way that their relationship changes and the, the way they come to, like, understand one another and... What is the word I'm looking for? It's not appreciate, but, like, respect, maybe? Especially on Emir's end. Like, Geralt's kind of like, eh, I've had enough of politics and this dude who thinks he's so great, but, like... This person I raised basically is my daughter, is his actual child, so, like, I guess I will put up with Amir. And Amir is like, this is a bumbling buffoon of a witcher. And then both of them are like, oh, I was very, very wrong. Like, I underestimated. I underestimated this other person. Um, and I am finding that not only are they my equal in many ways that I didn't realize, but that I am enjoying the challenge of getting to know this person. And I think that unfolding is done so well in a way that makes me feel ill- I am not well about it. Mm -hmm. Can I read a quote based on exactly what you just said, Reed? Please. I screenshotted two quotes that I liked a lot. Uh, one of them related to this is, Amir stood up and added, You may entertain yourself if you like with the fiction that you are a simple witcher who has accidentally stumbled into the circles of the Most High over and over, but you will not catch me with it a second time. It was unspeakably foolish of me to believe it at all. So then you also get this sense of, like, has Geralt been underestimating himself or living in some kind of a fantasy where he does not actually aspire to certain heights or does not actually want certain things? Or is Amir gaslight girl bossing him into thinking that this is what he wanted the whole time? Uh, but then also, like, is it actually what he wanted? Like, it's very interesting that we have these layers of, like, I understand you better than you understand yourself versus I understand you not as well as you understand yourself versus I understand you, but then you don't understand me. Oh, wait, no, I understand me and you. There's so much of that happening in this fic. I found it really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, one of the most compelling parts of this is how by the end you've come to understand or like even by before the end like two-thirds of the way through you've come to understand um how Amir has kind of put together this plan and how much of it like required Geralt for these things but at the same time you've seen exactly what Nick was just describing of their changing relationship in these ways and their growing respect for each other and like I don't know it's fascinating because then you think back and you're like okay well how would it have gone if like, Amir's plans work out perfectly in this fic, except for the part where Geralt learns about the truth of the Mize there and also gets mad and leaves for a while. <laughs> but that doesn't really matter to his political plans. You know, he's gotten what he wanted politically out of this, and it's gone perfectly. But I feel like some of those things went perfectly because of Geralt's 
and Amir's emotional attachment to each other. So how would it have played out if that hadn't happened, which was not something Amir, like, was guaranteed of prior to this happening, nor did he think it was going to happen. You know, he did not go into this thinking, yes, I'll dose myself with Mize there, and then Geralt will fall in love with me. Like, that was not part of the plan, <laughs> yeah. you know? Or, like, I will fall in love with Geralt. Also, super not part of the plan. Um... But both of those things contribute to the success of the political aspects of this. So I don't know, I just think that that's a really interesting kind of conundrum at the core of this fic. Also, I, I don't know that we said this earlier, but like, I guess I should just explain. Um, so towards the, like, well, yeah, I guess like the three quarters mark of this fic, maybe. Um, the girl's talking with Dijkstra, and this is like after pretty much all of Amir's political plans have like gone very successfully. Um, and Dijkstra's kind of like, well, I guess all he needed to do was, like, dose himself with Mize there. And Girl's like, um, excuse me, Can fucking I actually what? read that part? Yeah, Because the way it. it's covered is so fucking <laughs> go, good. Go. So it's like, uh, Amir has just, like, stormed a city to rescue Girl. There, and then on a balcony is Dijkstra, who is, like, I don't know, a criminal boss who's, like, very, very smart and cunning. Uh, Roche, who leads a group of people who, like, kind of hate Nilfgaard, but through Geralt, now Amir has managed to, like do a thing where like the Temerians can have like their own they can rule themselves but also are still loyal to Nilfgaard like all of these things that like would definitely would not have happened without Geralt so the three of them are standing on a balcony and like Roche is like what Dijkstra like do you think like Emir's gonna go back on his word like do you think that like like he's gonna take all these things away and Dijkstra goes to like because Geralt's like I don't think he's lying and Dijkstra goes you're the one thing Emir of our Emrys isn't trustworthy and then skipping down. So you were telling us the truth and we knew it. And Amir was telling you the truth because he's fucking in love with you. And now he's got Tamaria and Novigrad. And a year from now, he'll have Radovid's head on a pike. And then it'll be clear sal- sailing all the way to Dragon Mountains. And all he had to do, Dijkstra stopped and brayed again. And all he had to do was throw a bottle of mice there in his own face. Yeah. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> yep. Me texting Reed last night at exactly midnight. Oh, I think I've remembered the twist. Amir got doused on purpose, right? To keep Geralt tied to him. I'm a genius. I'm the one girl boss gaslighting now. <laughs> well, your your previous theories were um, yeah, Mice um, There also got on Geralt, and then Geralt is dude. not under the effects of Mice There, but during this part of the story, Amir is girl boss gaslighting him into thinking he is to keep him loyal. That would have been actually really good. That's my spinoff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so like the whole the whole reason that Geralt stays by Amir's side at the beginning is because like Meister is like more than just like a sex pollen or like a oh you need like a love spell or whatever. Like it is framed to be this like really horrible thing that Geralt enco- encountered like early into his witchering days. Um like I think the stakes of it are set pretty high, but then because he is by Amir's side for so long is how this relationship develops, et cetera, et cetera. And like Somewhere in the background, theoretically, like, Yennefer and the mages are looking for a cure with the knowledge that it'll probably take a couple of years. Like, this is an incredibly, incredibly hard thing to manufacture. It's really rare. It is mostly deadly. Like, it is horrible. And Geralt finds out, like, Emir, well, Dijkstra tells him that Emir purposely doused himself, walks into Emir's room and is like, where is the antidote? And Emir's like, it's in this briefcase I've been carrying the whole time. <sighs> horrible wretched 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 excellent oh ex- excellent in the <laughs> highest degree <laughs> mm-hmm. wretched positive affectionate uh, yes. etc yes, yes, there yes. are so many layers to like the dubious consent here 
And that feels like such a big piece of it of like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, I, I kept you right exactly where I wanted you because you could not bear to watch me die for many, many, many reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think quite honestly, the like trajectory of the relationship and this reveal, like, I think this reveal could have sat so like sourly with me. Like, I think it could have been mm-hmm. wretched, not affectionate. Like, I think it could have felt really, really bad in yeah. that Dubcon way. If it were not for the fact that, like, Geralt and Amir so clearly are in love with each other and care about each other, like, that the, like, yeah, the sex is enthusiastic the whole time, pretty much. Like, the first time Geralt goes in, he is apprehensive, and by the end of that first time, he's like, well, I don't want to admit it, but that actually wasn't so bad, and only continues to enjoy himself. And I think if that were not the way that he was feeling, if we were not so deep in Geralt's head of being like, this is actually really good... I think that really, that like revelation could have been just bad feeling, but instead it just made me feel nuts. Yeah, they're also on like a a somewhat even like intellectual and also skills playing field. Like I think it would have felt worse if Geralt were like much slower to figure out certain things in this fic or um if he were not doing some of his own kind of thinking and scheming to do what he needs to do um there's a ongoing metaphor in this fic well also it actually is a thing that happens in this fic where they are playing what i can only describe as witcher chess <laughs> uh i don't know dude shaw i think it's called yeah um and it does talk about like how Geralt takes a handicap and Amir is very good at it but Amir or Geralt is also able to see 8 10 20 turns out when Amir has won uh, like the implication here, right? Amir is brilliant, but Geralt is perfectly capable of, at the very least, witnessing, understanding, and acknowledging that brilliance. Like he's not being played for a fool here, even though he kind of felt like it at the end. He he is not a fool, um, and he's able to make his own decisions, and he does make his own decisions at the end. So I think that all helped as well in terms of making it feel less. Ah. I think also like in in reference to like Geralt's wits, kind of. There's a bit where, like, Emir knows that he is being lied to or there's some discrepancies in, like, information he's receiving about some, like, outposts and stuff, but he can't put it together. And so Geralt goes out on the scene and, like, does what he does best. He does his witchering. Like, he investigates. He talks to people. He gets sort of, like, on the ground and sort of, like, just via his hunches pulls things together and ends up figuring out this whole plot and does that, like, yeah, entirely on his own. And I think it is, like, a, here are the things that Geralt is very skilled at that are not just, like, oh, I'm good at killing monsters, but I am also good at figuring things out and being clever and putting together the pieces and playing a little bit of the political game, even if it's not sort of Geralt's natural tendency. I think going back to what Nick was saying about Geralt being able to see and understand what is kind of going on each of these times. What's so interesting is like, yes, we are as an audience, as a reader are also being brought along through that. But I think what makes this twist at the end so effective is, like, there is no foreshadowing of this. Like, you could sit down and think about everything that's happened earlier, and I think it would be very unlikely that that is the conclusion that you come to. Perhaps. It's foreshadowing I'm not saying... if your friends have told you multiple times. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, I was thinking about that a lot in this read-through, like, how there's one there's one thing that now this time stuck out to me a little bit but like i don't think in any universe i would have seen it as foreshadowing i think it's just something that makes sense to me now that we know that um but like i thought that was so good because honestly something i really noticed that i do not enjoy in 
both fic and like honestly more so in published literature because I find it more prevalent there is like heavy-handed foreshadowing like people I get it I get that something (laughs) is coming like you don't need to beat me over the head with it like especially when it's vague foreshadowing and then you're like not uh, only do I not know what this is but I can't like enjoy the rest of the story because you're just waving ominous flags right and I'm not enjoying this whole middle third because you're just like something's gonna happen something's gonna happen I'm like okay I'm trying to get there but I'm not enjoying what's currently going on anyway this is my anti-Taylor Jenkins read spiral (laughs) but (laughs) um (laughs) this is to say Aslan does not do that in this fic and I thought that was so rewarding like I think that's another reason that this twist actually feels like earned and not as icky to me because like narratively it works so well um where i think if we'd had this foreshadowing the whole time i would have just felt ickier about amir the whole time in Mm -hmm. a way that i didn't reading it the first time this way but i think like the one thing that did stick out to me a little bit was like at the beginning when Geralt's like okay what the hell like did you really get dosed because you seem perfectly coherent and like you have absolute mastery of yourself where like everyone else who i've ever seen with this like is not able to form coherent sentences. Um, and Emir talks about when he was a hedgehog man, um, <laughs> yeah, for lack of a better off, word. By the way, can yeah. I just say? <laughs> I, we, we told, <laughs> told you about this. this. We have told you about yeah, but, this. Okay, in my defense, it's also hard to know what is canon and what is just like a different Astolat Witcher fic. Like, I have no sense based on like... Dooney the Hedgehog Man is me. canon. Okay, yeah. good to know. Um... It also isn't some other Astolat Witcher fix, but it's very much canon. Um, And he talks about, like, how he built up an ability to, like, be himself while having morphed into, like, a a were-hedgehog or whatever it is. I don't know, like, what they call it in Witcher, if there is a term. (sighs) Um, And then, like, at the end he kind of says, and the effects of Mize there is not entirely different. But he, in talking about that, he sets up so much how he had to, like, envision the control, like, build it up slowly over time, it made me kind of think about, I feel like the only way Amir was able to have control with the Mize there is because he knew it was coming. Mm. I mean, maybe that's not true, but, like, it did make me wonder, like, had it actually been a surprise in that first moment of it, would it have overwhelmed him, like, being a hedgehog did? Or, like, I know that sounds silly, but, like, <laughs> no, no, I, no, no. I totally get what you're saying. he struggled with? Like... <laughs> Or or would he have been able to, like, still practice those same techniques and, like, hold on to himself? Or, like, I don't know. That's the one thing that stuck out to me is, like, hmm, this makes me, like, but not in a foreshadowing way. Just in a way where, like, now reading it, I'm, like, I emoji at that bit. I feel like just, like, tying into how well this is done, the fact that it isn't foreshadowing but could also be a reference is, like, um, because, like, when I was reading it the first time, and even honestly upon a reread, I was, like, oh, this is just, like, a very good and canonical way to set up why Emir is, like, Emir being himself, being brilliant, being stubborn, being whatever, and then also having the canonical backstory of, I was a hedgehog man, but I was, like, still myself, um, is like, okay, yeah, sure, like, I, I am willing to believe that Emir is able to act differently under this spell potion mm-hmm. than everyone else. I do also want to sort of touch on something we we had, like, talked about, but not really, which is that, like, okay, so you get this this huge twist, this reveal, right? And... Geralt makes Emir drink the antidote and that girl just fucking leaves for like I don't know <laughs> nine months or something like I feel like in other fix I would so expect it to be like I don't know a blow up and a fight and a blah 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 and then they reconcile and like that's it that's the end of the fic it is not 
Geralt's like, okay, fuck you. So he goes to, like, the Skellige Islands and becomes, like, a little hermit and hides his face for, like, months and months and months and months to the point that, like, flyers start popping up on notice boards that are, like, if Geralt of Rivia should see this, like, know that someone who, like, holds him in their heart, like, would like to know that he is well. Basically, like, did you die in a ditch somewhere? Like, are you okay? And then would very much care to know that he is well. Um, And it takes a whole bunch. And then basically Dandelion eventually finding Geralt and being like, Emir is quite literally dying of a broken heart, gets Geralt to come back. And then they sort of resolve things. Um, it was a lie. Yeah. Well, it's a Amir lie, but not fun. a lie told by Emir, which I also found yeah. much more fun that Dijkstra was like, <laughs> yeah. for fuck's sake, we're still in a war. Our emperor is too busy pining. Come back and sort your shit out. But I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was such an interesting choice and really well done, honestly, to not have the fic end with sort of a reconciliation right after this huge twist. Mm-hmm. yeah i agree it surprised me when it said months i was like whoa all right he's gone for a while with the, with the druids just hanging out um yeah no it's interesting um i think one thing i wanted to mention in this fic is that i had very complicated feelings about its portrayals of women and i like i think complicated feelings about like its positioning as a witcher fic regarding the portrayal of women because it seems to me like this was probably pretty accurate to the portrayals of the women in the witcher um <laughs> uh, is a badass yennefer is jealous and powerful and hot and angry um philippa philippa eilhart yeah 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 conniving <laughs> mostly that seems to be her primary personality trait um i just found it like interesting I don't know if get away with is the exact word that I want to use, but it feels like differently from original fiction, a fic about probably fairly sexist source material. Definitively very sexist. The, the books are, um, as far as I'm aware, pretty horrible. The game is like yeah. better, but better to like what degree? Right. Yeah, it just makes it just made me think about like it just brought up stuff around like a good like a well-executed close canon fic that is set like very closely within the world is by necessity going to replicate some of those dynamics so i don't know i just found that interesting as i was reading i think in part because this was such original fiction to me um the whole scene with yennefer and philippa and Geralt, i was like whoa (laughs) this is like an irrational woman a conniving woman and a long-suffering man and i was like this is not great optics even though it was like well written and well executed and it did what it needed to do in service of the Amir Geralt love story um I don't know it was just like an interesting thing for me to note in the back of my head as I was reading and I think it is a function of it being fake yeah I mean I think also like that's very fair because I think in all the Witcher stuff I've consumed basically being Astolat fic the show a few other fics that aren't a few other girl Amir fix and then a few other just like Witcher fix, um, and like knowledge of the books a little bit. Like, truly, the only woman I ever root for is Siri. Like, I wish I liked Yennefer more than I do. The source material has just made her into this caricature a lot of the time in a way that's highly unfortunate. And I, yeah, Aslot's fix I don't think do any work to rehabilitate her image. <laughs> um, yeah. For lack of a better word, I don't know that they. They're not like, I'm not saying they're required to, like, but that also is definitely not something that they set out to do, like, the work on. Um, Yeah. I do think those are all, like, very, very valid critiques. I also do really love Siri in this fic and just in general. I love Siri. Like, I'm very fond of the 
Uh, I think there's a like a tag that's like Siri has two dads. I would argue Siri has three, and those three are Girl and also Vesemir and also Amir. <laughs> um, I but you're gonna say De- Dijkstra? Dijkstra's absolutely not her dad. <laughs> he's pretty rich. I mean, he's a very fun character, but he is yeah. kind of awful. Um, I just like Geralt and Siri have like such an interesting and particular relationship that I feel very tender and soft about, and I did like the way that it was in this fic, and also like the Siri POVs we get, yes, she is in somewhat, like, a stereotype of, like, the badass woman. And also, I care her very much. Uh, Because this read to me a bit like original fiction, I also definitely had thoughts about, like, the intricately woven politics, because I was so amazed that I could follow them. I think that's so hard to do, especially when I don't know what's going on, and it's fic that assumes some base knowledge. I was still able to keep track of what was happening, and, like, there were certain moments, right, when they went in with that, like, skeleton brigade and made it look like they had thousands and thousands of people. Uh, Like, that, yeah, it was a moment, and I was able to pick up on why it was such a moment. Um, I have been reading more sci-fi fantasy in the last, like, month or two than I usually do, I will say. Um, And two books that come to mind, one that we all have read recently, A Memory Called Empire, Uh, by Arcady Martin, and then She Who Became the Sun by Shelley Parker Chan. Both of those books were five-star reads for me. They were very good. And both of them had some pretty, like, intricate political goings-on that, for the most part, I was able to follow. But there's times, right, where I'm like, what is going on? Do I know? Am I supposed to know? That is a question I frequently am asking myself when I'm reading things. (laughs) Should I be able to follow this right now? Or is it fine if I can't? Um, But one thing I found really interesting across all of them is that they do all seem to have these morally gray, kind of hot characters, definitely hot in a memory called Empire, um, who are just politically masterful and who make moves and to the point where you as the reader are kind of amazed, but not in a way where you're necessarily rooting for them to be happy at the end of all of this. And also, like, it's kind of fun to watch someone be really, really good at something, even if that thing is, like, harming people. Um, Like, I don't know, when you're reading fiction, I was thinking about how, like, I certainly would not have the heart to be one of these leaders. I am way too soft. These politics feel so cold. They're, like, burning bookstores and stuff. I'm like, no! (laughs) That's like, wow, you can't burn someone's, like, nice little shop that they have their cloths and stuff in. That's really mean. Um, But they do it anyway. And so I just found it really compelling to read this, like, plot after plot after plot, and you're picking up the pieces of it alongside Geralt, who was doing a pretty good job keeping up with stuff, to be honest. Uh, I just liked so much how satisfying it felt to watch piece after piece fall into place in this story. Yeah, I think that's why, like, when I first picked these, like, this fic and some of the other ones by Astolat, like, up as kind of original fiction, they were so compelling to me because I love a well-executed political plot and I love like an, oh, like that's how they did it moment, you know? Um, And it's, it is really easy to follow in this. And like, to be honest, I enjoy the politics of this fic more so than like in a lot of published fiction I've read. Um, But yeah, I think you're totally right about a memory called Empire. And the other one I read recently that I was thinking of is like, I reread some Discworld or I read some Discworld books. Mm. um, And like, there's a lot of similarities to me between Lord Vetinari, who rules Ankh-Morpork, and uh, Amir. Like, they're not the same by any means. um, But there's some things about them that I'm like, hmm. (laughs) I thought you were going to talk about your boy Moist. 
Oh, moist is not at all like a mirror. No, I just thought you were going to draw a, a parallel between moist and someone, but I was like, I don't know no, where that I one's going. No, I have no parallels for moist, just for veterinary, who is also very much like, and I have planned this out many, many months in advance, and everything is going according to plan because I've put all of my little pawns in place, and then I'm going to show it to you all so you know how genius I am. It's like there's a line in this fic that's like something where like, I actually think it's right after sort of like Geralt and Yen like have their sort of blowing up where... Girl's like, holy fuck, like, did you mean for this to fall out that way? And Amir was like, I thought you would have realized by now that, like, you can assume pretty much, like, any consequence of any decision that I make is intentional. Like, I have planned it this way. And it's like, Uh is that arrogant? Yes. Is it also accurate? Yes. (laughs) Like. Every consequence except for falling for you. You hot witcher. I do very briefly want to talk about the, like, I kept pulling lines from this and I was like, romance, but they're like the wackest lines. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, so there's a bit where, like, when Geralt goes out to do his sort of um, witchering and researching for this, like, series of lies that has been discovered, um, he has this fancy seal that Emir gave him and he's like I don't know what this is and he's like walking around he's like talking to Nilfgaardian soldiers he's like eh is this gonna make you talk to me and they're all like oh my god yes and Geralt realizes it says in like very fancy Nilfgaardian elvish stuff like when you hear this voice like hear your emperor's voice and Geralt's like what the fuck Emir um so he comes back and he's like are you sure you want to give me this and Emir goes through all the reasons like why it's like safeguarded and uh, Emir goes, like, precisely why it has its power. Those who see it at once know its bearer has it directly from my hand. You give out a lot of these? Only ever the one, Emir said. Try not to lose it. And then, great. Geralt tried to decide if it would be better or worse if Emir just said, I love you, the way ordinary sane people did. <laughs> yeah. And there was, like, stuff like that where I was, like, peak romance or, like, the bit where, like, Siri goes and, like, sees Emir breaking the Shaw board and then the bit where you actually get Emir saying I love you is wretchedly awful because it's right after Geralt finds out that he like purposely doused himself. And he's like, you didn't plan on falling in love with me, did you? And Emir's like, no, but I did. And it's like, I don't know what, like, this is not enemies to lovers. I don't know what the fuck this arc is of like begrudgingly sharing a ward to begrudgingly respectful of each other's like intellect to like incoherent screaming. Um, yeah, I'm so sorry to quote Margaret Atwood, but if I say that I love you, is that a fact or a weapon? <laughs> and on that, I think we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Jesus. Yeah, so that was our discussion on Mize There, which is a fic about Geralt and Amir and Ciri and the Ice River and the Skeleton Army and Radovid. Radovid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the North. Yes. And political machinations and wretched romance that doesn't really look like romance on the surface and running away from your problems and then running back to your problems because you got tricked by the fool that you tricked in the first place. Amen. Amen. Thank you for discussing this fic with me, my friends. It has, as ever, made me feel like my gourd is being flung directly into the path of an asteroid to be thoroughly demolished. I'm... I'm pointing my laser at it from my ship at my gourd yeah oh okay pew, pew. <laughs> i'm pointing my laser at it just like but it's not like a weapon it's just a laser pointer <laughs> oh, okay okay <laughs> that's nice in mize there amir gets splashed by mize there in the next fic you get splashed with sangria sangria joe let's go 
And the last fan work that I have for you all has no title because it is just a thread fic on Twitter. Um, it is written by at writing R-A-R-A, um, that says, POV, you're in an all-gender bathroom at a club trying to get a stain out of your shirt when an insanely beautiful guy with an easy grin and a wicked tattooed undercut walks in. Um, as mentioned in the intro, yes, as you can tell, it is a self-insert of sorts uh, fic where it is a modern AU and you are getting Wei Wuxian and Long Wanji together. Um, I just found this so fun. I guess, oh, content warnings at the top. Alcohol. Um, if you didn't, if you couldn't tell from Sangria Joe, um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the central premise and of really, this- really, like, I feel like Sangria Joe should have given it away. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the central premise of this thread fic is, like, you are at a club and Long Wanji and Wei Wuxian are both pretty drunk. Um, it is very fun, very funny, very lighthearted, but just giving you that heads up. I don't know. I just had such a fun time with this. I read this thread fic, I want to say in like February or something, months and months ago, and had not reread it when I pitched it as my sort of third fan work for the episode. And in rereading it, prepping for this discussion, I had just as much fun, like audibly laughing. I was like, this is just good. It feels, as we have said, like the theme of the birthday episodes is indulgent, and this feels indulgent in a lot of ways, but like in in loving fandom and in just like letting yourself do something like kind of silly and fun. Um, I think Nick and I both said cringe is dead when we were talking about this in our pre-discussion. Um, and it is, and I support that. So yeah, not a whole lot of like prelude to this to lead up because like the, the plot is the thread fic and the thread fic is not particularly long, but I had lots of fun reading it. And as ever, would love to know about your experiences with it. Now you got a little song, too. <laughs> oh, thanks, Reed. <laughs> You're welcome. That's really nice. My experience was good. I liked this fic. Um, I was going to say that I feel like reader insert is less common in like non-RPF fandoms, and I have to eat those words because we were looking for fix for our next episode, which you'll get to hear about at the end of this, for a particular theme that we're not going to reveal yet. And... Wow, there is so much Peter Parker slash reader out there, and also more than I had anticipated of Criminal Minds Spencer Reed slash reader. Uh, so the more you know. Anyway, that's a sidebar. Uh, this was charming. This was very delightful. I thought it was so cute. Um, I like this ship. I do. I think they're fun. Uh, I appreciate them from a respectful distance because I'm not really in the fandom, but you know, I appreciate it. And I thought that the fic was funny. I thought it was lighthearted. I thought it did a really good job kind of keeping the tone that it wanted. Um, And it was so like, I feel like sometimes you can find second person fic that is like, I don't know, ironic or like embarrassed about being reader insert in that sense. And this totally did not feel like that. It felt so joyful and welcoming. I was like, I am Sangria. Thank you so much. I am going to get them together and I'm going to do a great job at it, actually. Um, It was just so cute and full of good vibes. I really enjoyed it. It was like, (laughs) Reed, you brought so many different tones this episode of story. Um, So this was the one I read first and it did not prepare me for going directly into Mize there, I will say. (laughs) Ooh, a little bit jarring. I should have read it last. I should have saved it. Um, But I liked it so much. It was a very quick read. um, And I would recommend, even if you are not in this fandom, you do not need to know anything. It's like a modern AU where you're in a club. Sorry, what was the little um, song? I also like this fic. Um, I thought it was fun. Uh, 
yeah, I had a really good time with this. Uh, there's not a lot you need to know going in. Like, it's sort of been said, you, who could be where, whoever. I mean, you you are Sangria Joe, but, like, you're also yourself, you know? So, you, I don't know. You have to come to terms with that, I suppose. Um, but you are just in a club bathroom, and you meet Lang Wanji and Wei Wuxian separately, but then help get them together. It's delightful. It's a delightful romp through gay club culture um <laughs> and characters in the untamed getting wasted um yeah this is the first one i read i read this then hockey then my there which i think might have been a better order um yeah. but this helped uh whet my appetite for more fan fiction because i haven't really been reading much lately so i think it was good i was like let me start with like the the short and easy option mm-hmm. here and it was yeah. really fun and then well, i was know like, if okay. you want any more rex Brent, i actually have a podcast where we like talk about no. fan fiction every what? two weeks um, okay. So I have a lot of yeah. recommendations for you if you want. What's to. it called? Uh, it's called Ficklick. You can go okay, wherever check you find it out. your podcasts. You can find us on Ficklick at Twitter, <laughs> the Discord server, ficklickpod at gmail.com. Okay, sick. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Thank you so much. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like some of my thoughts about this are more just like about the style and uh, platform and all of that about this fic, more so than the substance of it, um, just because it is pretty short and pretty lighthearted. Um but yeah, I'm excited to like get into our discussion. Bren, when you said um, gay club culture, I was thinking about how like there's a, like a stereotype joke, I think, that has been true for me in the past of like women's bathrooms at clubs, like when it's a bunch of drunk girls oh, who yeah. are so willing to help yes. each other out. This is specifically an all gender bathroom, which I do appreciate. But that vibe of being like, what do you need, bestie? I've got you. Are you sad? No, you're not. Like you're better. You you're better so than beautiful. Yes. Dump him. Dump him. Or just like, just like, oh my God, you're my new, your purse, beautiful. You're my new best friend, etc. That is absolutely the vibe of this fic in a way. That, that is- has been me. <laughs> so I really connected with this fic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, too, have had a sort of, like, a deep bonding moment with someone in a bathroom and then been, like, the next time been like, well, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think something, I, I could be wrong, but I think from something I had seen, like, in the author's thread, sort of maybe after it was done or, like, in their replies, um, something I think is interesting maybe about this format and that I've seen a couple times on Twitter is, like, it's almost like chat faking with yourself and you know when you're chat faking with a friend and you guys like toss back and forth like one or two ideas and then suddenly it's like 30 minutes later and you're both you're like half typing like paragraphs that like of a fic you're never gonna write but like it's just fun to write the things that are most interesting to you in that moment and like none of it the format and the like it doesn't need to be perfect that was kind of you puts it in a google doc and it's eight thousand words of like (laughs) thinly connected screaming exactly i this very much to me had that feeling um because i think the author said in one of their replies like they didn't mean to write it so much as like they had this like haha isn't this funny like imagine you encounter Wei Wuxian in a club and then like it just sort of got away from them and they just kept like going and going um and I've definitely seen like uh Twitter threads like that before where someone's like so here's a concept and then you click like see more tweets and then it's like 30 tweets later because they couldn't stop themselves it's so good I like how much it is yeah the sense of like we are having fun Uh oh how did this become a fake (laughs) it's such a real experience like i think there is something really fun about how informal twitter fic can be and social media fics can be Uh, i'm always curious about this because i think uh, i can speak for all three of us when i say that this is not the primary way that we consume fic or like seek out fic um i tend to be fairly distrustful of social media fic 
uh, for various reasons and because of particular fandoms that I've been in where I have particular issues with it. We've talked about this in past like minisodes and stuff. Go check out the social um, media fic minisode to hear more of our thoughts. Scope it out, ficlets. Uh, <laughs> um, but this one was so nice and it really made me realize, I think, why for a lot of people this is a way that they love to consume stories because it was so easy, it was so quick, and there is this really exciting sense of like live camaraderie about it. Like you, I liked, okay, here, when I went through, I liked the tweets that had slightly less engagement than the other ones to try and balance it out <laughs> because I felt bad for those tweets. Uh, but it was so like, I know one reason people like Wattpad. Um, going to bat for Wattpad for a second here. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, out a of character choice for me. Here on I know. Click. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that people can like highlight certain lines and comment directly on those lines. It's almost like a Google Doc in that way of like, wow, I love this so much. Like, here are my reactions as I'm reading. Like, how fun is that as an author, too, to be able to see like exactly what people were excited about without them? You know, on AO3, if you've got the floaty comment box or whatever, you can emulate that in your comment. Um, but it's a lot harder. And I think on Twitter, the quote RT function does something very similar. People are able to say, oh my god, this tweet or this story or oh, I can't believe they would do this or they're such fools or I'm doing a great job getting them together, which is what I would have been quote tweeting probably with great pride throughout. Um, I just like that so much and being able to see like the likes and things go up and each individual tweet getting its own little burst of hype. I think there would be something very exciting and motivating about that. Um, I did one social media AU many moons ago um, that I'd never finished and that was also horror. Uh, it did not have the same level of this is so cute that this fic was getting but I do remember the excitement of being like hey people are interacting with what I'm doing and it's different from an AO3 where people have to hit the kudos button or have to comment for you to know what's happening. There's almost a lower barrier to entry for showing enthusiasm with a fic that is on a specific like social media platform that is built to maximize engagement of every single tweet that goes out. So I was really interested in that. I liked it and it felt like the right place to put this very cute kind of loosey-goosey story um, about this kind of <laughs> chaotic experience that you're having as the reader. Something I was thinking about right off of that, I think, is that even though this is a fic and it's you and it's second person, it feels so much that if you had just tweaked it to first person I, it could be just a story from a friend about two people that they encountered at a bar. And it would be a wild story, you know? But like, it that also to me just made Twitter feel like the right place for it. Because I feel like it's kind of a lost art on Twitter now of these like fun, cool Twitter threads. And I feel like the only threads that I see like retweeted onto my timeline are like informative, like here's here's how to deal with insert daily world crisis, you know, or like whatever. It's never like here's a really like well written story thread of this thing, and I feel like that's something I used to see more, um, and I kind of miss seeing on that platform because it's such a interesting platform for that. Like these are things that maybe could be like blog posts, just as this could have been posted on. AO3 as like a more just like condensed prose story but like instead you're telling it in this chatty style to your friends slash anyone else who retweets it and I really like that connection between like the story that's just kind of about these funny happenstances at a club that like could totally be something wild that would happen to someone in real life on this platform where like that's the kind of thing that it wants you to talk about um so i don't know that for me was just another reason that like this really worked well as like 
a Twitter fic thread versus like it being on another platform. Like it still would have been a cute story, but I think it just had that charm of like feeling like you were scrolling back through your friend, like documenting a crazy night out. It's the same energy as like gather round followers. I'm going to tell you the story of how my dad, Pancake Man Dan, scored my hot babe of a mom in the 70s. And then it's like 80 tweets with pictures. Do you think, yeah. do you think Pancake, Pancake Man, Man Dan, Dan and Sangria and... Joe are like friends? Are they? Yeah. Yeah. They're rivals to friends. In oh, this story. okay. Yeah. yeah. They're, well, they're Sangria neighbors. Joe starts as like the competing love interest, but then he becomes a family friend. And then mm. like the last picture is Sangria Joe like holding the author of the tweet as a baby. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. I think they're like, I think they're like neighbors in like a suburban neighborhood, <laughs> right? And like, it's like they've got like competing dad energy, like both aggressively mowing the lawn, like on neighboring sides or like on the opposite sides of their fence, like at the same time. Um, but then I like to imagine that they come together over pancakes and sangria. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Going back a little bit, Nick, when you said like, oh, I would have been like, quote, RTing this with like, oh, I'm doing such a good job of getting them together. I did feel because at the very end, like the last tweet in this thread is the author going like, P.S. You did such a good job. You got Wang Shan together. You did it. Congratulations. And I felt a sense of accomplishment. It it like weirdly made me think about um, the thread that Brenna has talked about. Help Wei Wu Shan yeah. not get botulism. <laughs> Um, My favorite one. <laughs> the key difference is that um, Help Wei Wuxian Not Get Botulism um, was a poll thread. So, like, there is a chance you could have failed and he could have gotten botulism. There was no poll here. Like, this was not an interactive twit AU. This was just the author doing their thing. But I did still kind of feel like I was participating anyway. I was like, yes, you are right. Thank you, Rara. I did do such a good job of getting them together. Speaking of some of the, like, replies, and I guess what you could consider paratext of this fic, I'm not sure if that actually works here, um, the, the ancillary content, uh, there was at least one reader, I think maybe multiple, who, upon initially reading the thread, thought that the you, uh, second person, was referring to the reader as being, like, the narrator as being Lan Zhan, or Lan Wangji, um... Uh, <laughs> Which I just found very funny because very early on, Wei Wuxian or Wei Ying, however we're referring to him here, um, basically says like, I'm in love with Lan Zhan. He's the most beautiful person I've ever seen. And these readers were like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that very sweet. The author was like, yeah, it could be confusing. And I was like, yeah, very fair. But that really cracked me up. And I liked that I got that bonus experience of laughter after finishing reading the fic itself. Um, going back to sort of, I think what Bren was saying about like Twitter being such a, well, both of you were saying about Twitter being such a good platform for this. Like, quite honestly, if this was on AO3 and I like had quick skimmed and saw the tag said like self insert and saw the summary was like you blah, 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 I would never have clicked on it. Um, I have read some self insert, but, um, listen, I know it is for some people and that's great, but usually when I'm clicking on it, I'm not expecting or looking for a high quality of writing it's not like i'm not like ooh, this is the bread and butter of the fan fiction i'm reading and i'm going in expecting to be gourdless or whatever like sometimes i don't know you just kind of want to turn your brain off and, and those are the fix you stumble across um but i think it it being in this format and also as we said being so like like there was no part of this fic that was like ooh, other like self-insert yn is cringe and this is not cringe it was just like really having fun with itself and i think Part of being able to sort of see a little bit of the thread unrolled from the beginning and immediately get the tone of it made me like, yes, I want to read this. Like, I want to dive into this. This just seems fun versus like 
potentially apprehensive as I might have been if I had come across this on another platform. One thing about, like, reader insert, self-insert, second person, YN, fic, however you want to call it, I mean, I think all of those actually are slightly like tinily different things in my head mm-hmm. um but in general right if we're working in second person and the second person is not uh, a character in the fic it's meant to be you i think that it's actually like very difficult to pull off i th- i i feel confident that i have read the most reader insert fic out of the three of us probably by a pretty wide margin um though i know Reed read has gone on some benders almost nothing so yeah yeah, like literally, maybe said, a couple... leave me out of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't go there. I'm sorry. I to- I do get the appeal, like I do, but it's not me. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think like there is something so interesting about the craft of it because I think it's hard to pull off, especially because there are so many sort of memes about kind of what Reed was referring to of the like you wake up with your messy bun, like YN said your mom. I've sold you to One Direction, like, you know, the classic. Um, that's not even meant to be, like, lit- high literary art, because it doesn't have to be. That's not what it's trying to do. Um, I also think, like, I have read many that do not use, like, Y slash N anywhere in the fic, or that find ways to go around it. I mean, I was thinking about the use of Sangria as a nickname here. Yes. To, like, get around the Y slash N, or to always be, like, to not have them, to have them, like, not have to always avoid saying your name. You get a nickname. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start writing fics that are RYN or like, you know, mm-hmm. self-insert fics, but it's just, it, you are saying, like, you're referred to as Sangria Joe. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, that, I think yeah. that's just an OC at that point. Right well. <laughs> that's just second person with an OC. <laughs> Uh, I but just, it's like, written as like it's I mean yeah yeah but is this one not then you know is that not no what this is? we have crafted no. the lore for Sangria Joe rah 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 we did not <laughs> like <laughs> Sangria kind of is a character but Sangria Joe like has characteristics and stuff <laughs> from us before writing the fic <laughs> you know what that's fair that's, that's just fair. us going mad with power I think uh no but I really do think there is such like a there is a craft piece to it of figuring out how to write the most immersive reader insert fic especially for people you know like me like Reed who might struggle with the more like traditional reader insert like how do you make it interesting and fun and engaging and not distracting that it is a self-insert fic like if I want to kind of stay out of it but I kind of want to still be involved you know it's almost like you want to be invited to the party so that you can (laughs) sort of say no or like go stand at the edge and pet a dog is that anything is that metaphor anything that's what I feel like it is with like the kinds of second person reader insert fix that I tend to particularly enjoy like where something interesting is being done uh where it's not just a like meet cute kiss kiss fall in love whatever like there is some other element happening to make this interesting fresh new in some way it just feels very untapped to me maybe that's why I've gotten so much into like looking into this genre um I personally am not trying to fall in love with any men real or fictional as a practice (laughs) um so for me a lot of it is more about appreciating what can be done in this particular form how it gets done who is doing it the in the most interesting way possible and how I can like sneak a peek and you know yeah. See what's up. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. I definitely think there are, like, out there, there are self-insert fix or reader insert or whatever you want to call that I do think, as you said, have, like, really interesting craft. 
There is also what I have told my co-hosts off pod. One time I came across a fic that was like, you slither through the cabinets. And I was like, <laughs> I love that. That's no, fresh. I don't. It is fresh. No one else is doing it's that. It's fresh and new and exciting. I'm here for it. I don't want to be slithering through anything. I do. Let's go. I'm going to write one where it's like you, second person, but you are an eel. Let's That's- go. I love it. I but know. you don't know that you're an eel till like the very end. <laughs> I love it, Brenna. I love it. Horror special part two. Lord. Yeah. Of the three of us, the one that I would guess to write, um, you are an eel fic. You would be my last you. pick, given that you, Brenna, are quite afraid of eels. Yeah, I. It's called exposure <laughs> yeah. therapy. Reading the part of it. Any therapist would agree. That's the way to heal. <laughs> That's what I'm going to talk about in therapy tomorrow. Okay, Ugh. sounds good. Your eel fic. You have like, a reader hey, eel. So we haven't talked about this before, but I have a fear of eels, and I'm thinking a really great way to cope with it would be reader insert eel fan fiction. I'm taking this into my own hands. Or like fins? Do eels have fins? And she's going to be like, I'm very concerned that we do not have any future sessions on the books together. <laughs> No, she's going to say, we don't need any. You yeah, clearly no, know true. how to you be mentally yourself. well. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, on that note, I guess... <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, very a very, very fun fic. And, well, thread fic. And not a very long one if you are looking for just something to sort of, like, have a good time with. Um, a very short read. Would recommend this thread. Well, thank you so much, Ficklets, for tuning in to this episode, my birthday episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to my co-hosts for some some good laughs there at the end. Um, If you did, in fact, enjoy FicClick and perhaps did not catch Nick's promo in the last discussion, um, there are a lot of ways that you can engage with us. You can hit us up on our Twitter at FicClick. You can join our Discord, which is linked on our Twitter. You can email us at ficklickpod at gmail.com. If you choose to email us just bloodless with a lot of uh, exclamation points, I <laughs> will be startled, it. but yes. No, I'll love it. <laughs> and I will genuinely be disappointed if this episode comes out when you get no bloodless emails. Yeah, same, honestly. Don't disappoint me, ficklets. <laughs> Once again, that is ficklickpod at gmail.com. Send your thoughts about bloodless, wretched, grime, etc. Um, you should morally buy our merch. Uh, we have a Redbubble shop. It is linked in our pinned tweet. You can buy all kinds of things, and you should. Uh, it's very fun, and when you get the merch, you can wear it, or you can put it in your home or on your laptop. People love putting stickers on laptops, and we have so many stickers that are very good. Um, so you can do all of those things, and then if someone is like, hey, what's that? You can be like, well, a click is a podcast where they talk about fan fiction. Each episode, the hosts each bring a fic <laughs> to discuss, and it's very good, important, and righteous. Um, so that's just like a quick conversation starter. Um, you can probably get a date, honestly, if you do that. So just my tip for you, Ficklets, it's it's good merch. Ficklets, if you think we should make bloodless merch. Yeah. Um, oh, or if we should just make merch with our categorization system. Actually, we, know. we actually um, totally should. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. My amount of time and energy is limited, <laughs> so I need I need an interest check on everything I do these yeah, days. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, you know, let me know. Let me know. 
but speaking of giving us feedback and input, you can also leave a review for our podcast um, on whatever site allows reviews. Um, that might be Apple Podcasts. It might be like your blog or a TikTok, whatever you feel like. Maybe just like skywriting. That could be a fun one. Um, and let people know that they should listen to Fit Click. Hopefully that's how you feel at the end of this podcast. You can catch an eel, um, a tie, a, tie a little like message in a bottle to them that says listen to Fit Click and then set them free. I can really like, come be promoting eel. <laughs> Holy cow, we're going to get sued. Yeah, I, was, I don't. I, okay, I was about to be Someone's going to get shocked by an electric eel and we're going to be in oceans. Like, this is not good. <laughs> Ficklets, no. Yeah. Ficklets, maybe in a safer form, right? a self-insert ficlic rpf fic where you're the fourth host yeah and you catch an eel and you catch an eel <laughs> safely <laughs> in your story as i think nick alluded to um our next episode is once again one of our monthly themes um it is august august and we'll get more into what that means um when the episode airs which will be in two weeks on august 5th um, and the fic that I will be bringing for that theme is Wolves of Swift River by Wispabi um, for the fandom Taylor Swift musician pairing Carly Kloss Taylor Swift. Uh, Nick, what did you bring? Yes, so my fic for next episode is called Sweet Tea in the Summer, Cross Your Heart, Won't Tell No Other by Firewood Figs for the fandom Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and Manga. Uh, it is a fic for Riza Hawkeye slash Roy Mustang, and it is a very interesting poetry-prose combo. I'm excited to look at it together. Brenna? Um, yeah, I'm not really bringing fic next episode. I'm bringing fan content, but it is in the form of fan vids. I'm bringing two of them, just for funsies. Um, the first one is, well, they're both Riverdale fan vids. The first one is about Betty and Veronica set to Betty by Taylor Swift. And the second one is about Archie and Jughead set to You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. So Ficklets, if you want to guess what our theme is, feel free. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Uh... Why are there sirens outside my home? Ficklets, I'm going to escape the authorities. Bye! Ficklets, I'm going to my eel pit! <laughs> Bye! <laughs> this is a nightmare. Well, Ficklets, I'm off to hopefully fulfill the destiny that was placed on my shoulders at the wee young age of 18. Bye! Bye!